Life is filled with all kinds of questions. Some of those questions can be kind of difficult and hard. And some of those questions can leave you confused and uncertain. The questions that we ask, of course, can range all over the place, all over the map, from why didn't God make me good-looking to how can I get out of this dead-end job that I hate from why did my parents have to get a divorce to what is the purpose of my life anyway? As George pointed out a minute ago, we're starting this new series uh, simply called Why? And over these next three weeks, we're going to look at some of the, the challenging questions that people face along with what the Bible says in answer to those questions. Today, we're kickstarting things off by looking at the question, why do I do what I don't want to do? Which honestly is a good question. But before I get going, let me just quiz you with this question. I like to ask yourself, have you asked yourself, what do you have a hard time controlling? Just think about that for a couple minutes, a second or two. What, what, in, what part of your life do you have a hard time controlling? Do you have a hard time controlling your temper or your propensity to worry? Do you have a hard time controlling your sexual desires or your drinking? Do you have a hard time controlling how much money you spend or how much food you eat? Do you have a hard time controlling your mood swings or procrastinating? What do you have a hard time controlling? I ask that because even though all of our answers differ, I think we would all agree there's, there are these areas that for whatever reason, we just have a hard time managing them. And it begs the question, why do I do then what I don't want to do? Why is it that I can't control or manage this one particular area? And in Romans 7, which is that passage that George read a moment ago, <laughs> thank you, George, uh, Paul asked that very same question. And what I would like to do today is simply look through that passage from Romans 7 and shed some light on why it is that you do why you don't want to do. Why is it that you do the wrong thing even though you know the right thing? And what I'd like to do is, um, is just work through three areas in particular. I want to look through a prom I want to look through the problem. I want to look through God's promise. And then I want to look at the prescriptions for change. These three areas that I believe that by the Spirit's power can help you to do what you want and honor God and do less of the things that you should avoid. So let's jump right in. First area we want to look at is the problem. Why do you do what you don't want to do? And the simple answer is, it's your sinful nature. The reason why you do what you don't want to do is because all of you, like everyone on earth, was born with this natural inclination to make the wrong choice, to do the wrong thing. It's like a rancher who said, I feel like I got two horses pulling me in different directions. I got a good horse and a bad horse. And when asked which horse wins, he says, it's whichever one I say giddy up to. Right? Isn't that the truth? And Paul, I'm sorry, Jesus talks about this as well in Matthew 26. Read this with me. Ready? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So yeah, there's this, this new side of you that is created by the power of the Holy Spirit that he, that he equips you to do the right thing, the good thing, but there's still this old sinful side of you, the dark side of you, that pulls you to want to do what is wrong and bad. And I'll tell you right now, it is a difficult, non-stop fight. 
between those two. For example, just a quick show of hands. How many of you have ever made a New Year's resolution? Any of you guys made more, one or more resolutions? Okay. How many of you kept every single one of your New Year's resolutions? Yeah, my hand's going down too, right? Because you, it, you can have all kinds of good intentions, but good intentions are never good enough. It takes more, it takes more than a desire to change to keep you from doing what you don't want to do. It takes, it takes more than, than just you saying, yeah, I'm never, going to, um, I'm never going to lose my temper again. It takes more than good intentions and resolutions to say that or to say, I'm never going to indulge in this area of my life again. And because every single person on planet Earth wrestles with this civil war between good and evil going on inside of them, the results are pretty predictable. And in Romans 7, Paul identifies three. The first is just downright confusion. When you know the right thing and you want to do the right thing, but you end up doing the wrong thing, you're going, oh my goodness, why did I just do that? I knew that was wrong. I knew that was bad. I, that was so dumb of me. Paul says it this way. In Romans 7, he says, I do not understand what I do. Paul says, I don't get it. I keep making the same mistake again and again and then again. I don't, why do I keep doing what I don't want to do? It leads to confusion. Second common result is frustration. Look at what Paul says here. It's just a couple verses later. He says, I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. You can sense his frustration. And maybe you've started off a week with all kinds of good intentions, like, oh, this is going to be a good week. I'm going to honor God. Last week, I blew it up. This week's going to be different. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to live for him. By the end of the week, nothing's changed, right? It's frustrating. And the reason why is because while you have the desire to do what you should do, you don't have the power to carry it out. You don't have the power to carry it out. And that's where people stumble because they are going to turn, a lot of people turn to self-help uh, blogs or posts or books, which can offer some good advice, right? Things that they can, that might help you. But even then, those things don't have the power to help you change, to keep you from doing what you don't want to do. Still, people buy into it though, and they'll say, okay, well, this, this is what the book says. And so they have, what, more good intentions, and those good intentions work for a while until you fail, and then that leads to guilt. So then you come up with some more good intentions, but then you fail some more and you have more guilt. And it just becomes this vicious cycle where you're inserting all kinds of energy and effort into something that you are going to hope is going to keep you from doing what you don't want to do. And it blows up on you. It gets you nowhere. And that is frustrating. A third common prescription uh, I'm sorry, uh, result is discouragement. Discouragement. Paul says this in Romans 7. Let's read these verses together. Ready? Paul says, I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Can you hear his discouragement? I mean, he's discouraged. He keeps doing what he doesn't want to do. He said, I might as well just throw in the towel. I might as well just give up, consider myself a failure because nothing's going to change. And maybe you feel that way too. When you keep doing what you don't want to do, it's discouraging. Now, the good news is that there is a way out. 
And that leads me from the problem to the promise. And the promise is pretty simple as well. It's personal freedom. God promises you personal freedom through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus says in John 8, if you hold to my teaching, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Okay, the goal, the, the, the power behind personal change is not found in your willpower. It's not found in your resolutions or in your good intentions or in anything that you do. It's found when you lean into the truth of God's word, the rock solid, unchanging truths of God's word, a truth that reminds you of God's grace and mercy in Jesus. A truth that reminds you that when you do lose the battle and you do what you didn't want to do, that when you come to God in humble repentance and you confess and say, God, it, yeah, it's me again. I, I blew it again. You can believe with all your heart that because of what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross in your behalf, that you will experience God's forgiveness in a clean slate. It's the truth that reminds you that God will empower you through his word and equip you with his Holy Spirit to avoid doing those things that you don't want to do, that you shouldn't be doing, and to change the way you think and act and feel. That's what God's truth can do. And, and the reason why this is so important is because behind everything that you do that you don't want to do, behind every self-defeating act is a lie that you ended up believing. This is how it works. The reason why you do what is wrong, okay, even though you know it's wrong, is because you believed a lie that says there's a payoff that's going to be good for you. If you do this, whatever it is, it's going to make you feel good. It's going to make you look good or whatever. It's going to be good for you. As soon as you buy that, believe that lie, boom, you're caught. And that's why Jesus says, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Because God's truth will always expose and uncover the lies you've been believing. And those lies may be lies you picked up as a kid in a playground years ago. Or maybe they were lies that you picked up yesterday on a TV show. Or maybe something you found on social media, something you heard from your parents, or something you just made up on your own. Whatever the lie is, or from whatever source it may come, it is the truth of God's word that can expose those lies. And that leads me to the third area, the prescription. Okay, and here, this is the important part. If you want to stop doing what you don't want to do, let me share with you four things that come right out of the Bible but four things that by the Spirit's power at work in your life will help you to avoid doing what you don't want to do. First thing, again, pretty basic though, is just acknowledge the root problem of your sin. You want to stop doing what you don't want to do? Acknowledge the fact that you're the source of it. Okay, it's because you're a sinner. And I know people don't like using the S word, sin. I know they don't like talking about sin. It's kind of a taboo thing. But that's the reason right there why you don't have the power to change on your own, why you do what you don't want to do. It's why you instead do what you want and not what God wants. It's why you say, God, sorry, but I don't think I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to choose to do what I think is good for me. I'm going to choose because I think I know better than you. And when you go down that path, it just, it, it just makes things worse. It's like Adam and Eve who you know, chose and thought they knew better and made a giant mess out of God's beautiful creation. What's really scary though is when you go down that path and you don't believe the lies. You walk down that path, you don't think that what you're doing is actually wrong. Huh, that's scary. And, but that's where the truth of God's word comes in. 
All right, 1 John 1, verse 8. Let's read this together. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's right. So if you want to stop defeating yourself, stop deceiving yourself. First prescription is just acknowledge the fact that the root problem to why you're doing what you don't want to do, it's you. It's the fact you're a sinner. And we already talked about your sinful nature. Second prescription, after you acknowledge the root problem of your sinfulness, is to believe that only Christ can save you. Believe that only Jesus has the power to heal and restore you. Again, in Romans 7, Paul says, who will rescue me from this body of death? The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. His perfect life, his innocent death pays for all of your guilt. It paid for all of your sin, for all of the times you knew the right thing to do, but you did the wrong thing anyway. Jesus and Jesus alone can lift you up out of the, out of the pit of your mistakes and your failures and all the times when you do you know, what you don't want to do and put you on a new path filled with his power a path that allows you to live a life that's going to honor God. But only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus has the power to set you free like that. A couple years ago, I came across a letter written by a man from China who recently became a Christian. And he talks about the freedom that he enjoyed in Jesus when he became a Christian. Let me read this to you. He says, as I walked through the road of life, I fell into a great ditch. The ditch was filled with depression, discouragement, and sin. As I lay in that ditch, Muhammad came along and said to me, it's your fault that you're in the ditch. You offended Allah, and this is your just punishment. Then Buddha came along and said, you're not really in that ditch. You just think you're there. It's all an illusion of the mind. Be at peace and learn to live in your ditch. But I wanted to get out of the ditch. Then Confucius came by and said, here are 10 steps of self-attainment by which you can get out of your ditch. If you climb and struggle enough, you will eventually get out. But as much as I struggled and strained, I couldn't get out of the ditch because it was too deep. Then one day, Jesus Christ came by and saw me in my ditch without a word. He took off his white robe and got down into the muddy ditch with me. He lifted me up with his strong arms and pulled me out of the ditch. Thank God, Jesus did for me what I couldn't do on my own. And that's what Jesus does for each and every one of you. Jesus, he rescued you from this body of death that you have. Okay, this sinful nature that causes you to do what you don't want to do. He rescued you. He paid for all the times when you knew the right thing but did the wrong thing anyway. And he paid for it by laying down his life on the altar of the cross for you. Jesus earned God's gift of forgiveness and eternal life in heaven for you. And the end result, this is what Paul says, Romans 8. Let's read this together. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Right. So instead of struggling with that unending cycle of good intentions, failure, guilt. Good intentions, failure, guilt. I would just say trust in the power of God in Jesus Christ who paid for your sin, who picks you up out of your ditch, who puts you on a new path filled with his power 
so you can live a life that's going to honor him. That's the second prescription. The third prescription is very important. It's probably the hardest one, though, of all. And it's to share your struggles with other believers. This is so important. If you share your struggles, whatever it is that you keep tripping up over again and again, you know, whatever it is that you do that you don't want to do, when you share that, it gets it out into the open. And no longer, those struggles no longer have power over you. As long as they are secret, nobody else knows, they got power over you. They will control you. They will turn your pride to say, oh, no, 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 you don't tell anybody else about what's going on in your life. You don't share, you don't air out your dirty laundry. You don't, you don't do that. People are going to think you're weak. They're going to think that you're, you're messed up, that you can't control your life. You, you can handle it. That's what your pride is going to tell you. And so your pride is actually going to stop you from you know, avoiding doing what you don't want to do and what God doesn't want you to do. So this third step, this third prescription is very important, that you share your struggles with a few other people. That's why God created the church. That's why this church exists. That's why as our mission statement, we, are, we as a church, we believe we are called to help exchange everyday life where you do what you don't want to do, where we help you exchange everyday life for contagious Christian community. Now in a community this size, it's, it's too many people, but maybe in a smaller size group. Maybe a small group of less than 12 people or fewer. And it could be a small group Bible study. It could be the, uh, we have a support group called Life Hurts, God Heals. But you get together with people who you trust and whom you can share your struggles and who are not going to do anything more than say, we're going to pray for you. We're going to love you. We're going to encourage you. We're going we're to um, support you. We're going to challenge you. We're going to hold you accountable. We may even correct you, but we're going to be there for you. And when you do mess up, right, when you do the wrong thing anyway, when you lose the battle, they're going to be there as well. And they're going to say, they're going to say, just remember, you got a God who loves you. So bring it to him in confession. When you say, yeah, God, forgive me. They're going to remind you, God, through Jesus Christ, through the blood that was shed on the cross, he will forgive you. He'll pick you back up. He'll lift you out of your ditch. He'll put you on that new path. He'll give you the power you need to keep going in a life that will honor you. See how important this third prescription is? It is so important, and, I, and pride is going to be your worst enemy in this, because you don't want to air your dirty laundry. But if you want to stop doing what you don't want to do, step three is share your struggles with a few other believers. All right, step four, fourth prescription. Oh, James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Right? Get it out into the open. Don't allow it to have power over you by keeping it a secret. Okay, step four, Jesus needs to be in control. 100% of the time, Jesus needs to be in the driver's seat. Why? Because Jesus has the power to lift you up out of the ditch. Jesus has the power that you need to change. When Jesus is in control, when Jesus is calling the shots, Jesus is mastering you, he can help you master your life. In Romans 6, Paul says, Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Every day you're controlled by something. Like it or not, you are controlled by something. You may be controlled by your pride or your ego. You may be controlled by the expectations that other people have on you. You may be controlled by bitterness, right? Or fear or guilt, or maybe an addiction or a habit. But every day you're controlled by something. And I'm just standing here saying, hey, look, you want freedom. 
right? Freedom from doing what you don't want to do. If you want true freedom, then let Jesus take control of your life. Jesus needs to be the one in control. It's, it, that happens when you, by the work of the Holy Spirit, are mastered by the master. So if you're tired of trying and failing, and, and trying again and failing again, I would just say, stop trying and start trusting. Right? Trust in the power of God that can lift you up out of the ditch that is found in Jesus Christ, your Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Would you read this with me, please? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Trust Jesus to give you the power to make you this new person that you want. And deep down, you want that. A person, though, who doesn't just turn over a new leaf. A person who enjoys a whole new life. So if you are tired of doing what you don't want to do, four prescriptions, right? Acknowledge the fact that you're the cause of it, why you're doing what you don't want to do. It's because you're a sinner. Believe Jesus and only Jesus has the capacity to save you. Third, get him out in the open. Share your struggles. And then fourth, let Jesus be in control. Let him be the one who masters your life. Let me just close with a couple of challenges for you this week. First of all, I just want to challenge you to connect with God in his word. Take some time every day this week to connect with God in his word so that you will grow in the knowledge of his truth. The truth that says you don't have the power, the good intentions, the resolutions to change and stop doing what you don't want to do. It's found in Jesus who can lift you up out of the ditch. Okay, Connect with God. Get into the power of his word. Second, ask the Holy Spirit to identify those lies that you end up believing. All of those lies that are out there that are making you continue to do what you don't want to do, to expose them so you can avoid them. And then third, ask a Christian friend or more to pray for you and hold you accountable. People who are going to come alongside of you and support you and encourage you and challenge you and, and be there for you so that you can enjoy this life that God wants you to experience, a life filled with his blessing and peace and that moves you on that new path where you are not doing what you don't want to do, but living for God. Would you pray with me? Let's pray about that right now. Let's ask for God's blessing upon us. Lord Jesus Christ, you know there are things in our life that we really shouldn't be doing or saying or thinking. And yet, Lord, you also know that we've tried to change on our own many times and have failed. So help us to realize that really we need your power. We need your presence in our life. Help us to realize that we need to make this fresh start based not on trying, but on trusting. Trusting in you to lift us out of the ditch. God bless us in that. And bless this series. And bless each of us here today with a new life that is dedicated completely, totally to you. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.